Right, hello everyone and welcome to another episode of the Divorce Coaching Podcast with me, Tom Ness, Mr. Divorce Coach, and my esteemed colleague, Faye Petra. from say hi, Faye. Hi everyone, it's great to be here again and we've got another wonderful guest, Tom, haven't we? Really excited about Lottie being with us today. Yeah, this is Lottie Kent, my friend from my Instagram friend um, of the Divorce Financial Planner, um, which we'll be able to find her and we'll share over links afterwards. But do you want to say hello, Lottie, and introduce yourself? Hello, hi, really uh, happy to be on here today. My name is Lottie Kent, and as Tom has said, I am the Divorce Financial Planner. Cool. So today, uh, today's topic, as you probably guessed, everyone, we're talking about finances and financial planning, which is a huge, important part of your divorce, um, especially at the beginning. Although, actually, I suppose that kind of leads you to my, my very first opening gambit of your question, question then. When should someone seek out financial advice when they're uh, going through divorce or separation, Lottie? Super good question. And the earlier, the better. Um, A lot of people think that they don't need financial advice until they've gone through the divorce process and the divorce has been formalised and then they've got their settlement and help with processing pension sharing orders and all that sort of thing. But where I find my clients receive most value is at the early stages. So establishing the need, because how does a client know exactly or how does one know exactly what they need from the financial settlement if they don't know what they need so it's kind of this chicken and egg situation but making sure that it's very straightforward and in a simple way they can understand exactly what they need from the settlement to be okay for the rest of their life yeah as well because yeah i'm just trying to think about going back to my divorce and i was trying to think about it in my own kind of pretext sort of thing was i thought i knew my money and my finances and what we had and what we didn't have and actually we i looking back at it beauty of hindsight i feel that actually we were negotiating about our split and our share just based on what i thought it was as opposed to really knowing well what do i need thereafter because that left in all honesty it left me in a situation where actually i went oh actually i've got a lot less than i thought i was going to come away with so now i have to look at a different house or at a different location or i didn't really pre-plan it in that way you know what i mean um, yeah, no, exactly. And, and and I think it's 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 trying to find that balance of making sure both parties have as much as what of what they need and want as possible um, to make to make it fair, really. And uh, rather than going into it with this is almost what I'm entitled to, this is what I want. Yeah. It's really making sure that people have what they need from an income perspective, from a capital perspective in order to purchase the next property and then an income in you know, retirement perspective. Because a very good analogy by Mary Waring, who you may or may not have heard of before, but a big, uh, a big name in our industry in the divorce world. But um, if you, if when splitting a pot, often people think, you know, splitting it, 50 50 if you take an orange for example you'd think right split that right down the middle whereas if one of the parties wants to make marmalade they need the little peel around the edge whereas if one of them wants to make orange juice they need the core of the orange so it's it's making sure that you're fitting the need and the want of each party as much as possible i love that analogy it's a good one isn't it yeah I'm, i'm just thinking i suppose I don't know about both of you, actually, question for both of you. Do you find that in the earlier stages, uh, stages, stages, sorry, um, that one or maybe both parties are really fixated on kind of like a bit of a smash and grab, like, well, I want all of that, or I made it all, or well, I looked after all the kids and did everything. Do you find that with your clients, both of you? 
Hey, do you want to go first? Um, yeah, I, I think, you know, it, the, the pain and the emotions can override um, sense, really. And I think, you know, thinking back to me, I, I was in my first marriage breakdown. I'd taken a year out of work, so I didn't have a regular income. I was stay-at-home mom. Um, my husband at the time, he was the one who, who worked hard and built his own business up. And I was thinking, what on earth am I entitled to? I didn't have a clue. So I didn't have that overriding feeling I need to grab as much as I could because I was at that situation where I was thinking, no idea. I don't know what I'm entitled to. I don't know because I don't work what I brought into the marriage is what I can take out. So it's that um knowing it's that anxiety that would build up in people thinking well I don't actually know what I'm entitled to and I suppose like in my question that I that I've written down is what's the most important thing that couples can do with regard to their finances when they do separate yeah and just before we come on to that if that's okay um you've mentioned you mentioned a word that I hear a lot what am I entitled to what am I entitled to and as I always say to clients in bin what what you're entitled to and what you need are two very different things and the priority number one is establishing what you need because if you can cover what you need then you're going to be okay for the rest of your life if you're then entitled to more then you're getting over and above what um that's a bonus almost and i think the majority of the cases of course nowadays unless it's an extremely large case are on a needs basis mm-hmm. so it just means that actually you're ticking the box of yes I've now got what I need um and taking the revenge factor out of it a little bit rather than kind of that what I'm entitled to mindset is what I really try and help clients with really so um which comes quite nicely onto um exactly you know your question that you mentioned there uh, I don't know whether you just want to repeat it again just so it's uh it was really my, my kind of um question about you know what's the most important thing that couples need to think about when they start to decide that yes we are going to separate I think as with any you know part of the situation it's honesty it's being upfront about the finances often you end up with one party being more vulnerable from a financial point of view um, because they're not in the know as much as the other party may have been they haven't dealt with the finances and I think the most important thing is for both to be as transparent as possible but and providing that information and being upfront about that information about and explaining and bringing the other party up to speed. So one isn't, you know, um, in a worse off scenario because they don't fully understand. So if a lot of work that I do with clients is actually working with them together to say right this is the joint part and you know this is exactly what it means and these are potentially the complexities that will happen you know within the divorce process so then both parties know exactly um in simple terms exactly what all the pensions mean how the investments work and all that sort of stuff um and without feeling that they should know and don't know if that makes sense why would somebody know if they've never dealt with it and it's not fair to come to the table when one party's in the know-how and one is kind of completely clueless about the situation does it make your job harder then where maybe you've got one side that isn't being as honest and isn't coming to the forefront with that with that with that financial information that financial disclosure because does it that would put you in a bit of a difficult situation to advise 
can't? Yeah, it does. But of course, then we go down. It depends whether clients have got solicitors involved and things like that, because, of course, there is the kind of full and formal disclosure. Um, it depends which stage they come to me at. But of course, if, if a client is holding back information and we kind of know, well, well, there's that in that company and, you know, but they're not bringing it forward, then it makes it very, very difficult because there's, you know, that lack of transparency just makes, you know, the the kind of anger on the other party and the other side even even harder and worse you know yeah yeah so what if someone's watching this then and they're about to have that discussion with their their partner about separating or maybe they have very very recently um there's a lady on the clubhouse thing the other day wasn't there say who she'd only been like less than two weeks since her and her husband separated and she was in a uh right state better um so what advice would you give someone kind of top tips of the very, very early days, like the first steps from a financial perspective, what should someone do? So I think the most important things are establishing, you know, outgoings, looking at current outgoings, exactly what they kind of look like um, from and how they're going to be different from the joint scenario and what they're going to look like on a, on a single basis um, and, and also proposed. But I think in the, in the outset as well, you really want to be thinking about, right, well, almost making a list, a spreadsheet of exactly what is in the, the joint pot um, and making sure that you're fully aware exactly of what, what is there. Um, and then you're able to refer back to that um, as, as you're kind of going through the process to making sure everything is there. Um, and um it just makes it easier, you know, going forwards once you've got a full idea of what's what's in the joint joint situation, really. I mean, I'm quite interested. Oh, sorry. sorry. Carry on. I was just going to say I'm quite interested in what stage of the process you generally help couples, because, again, thinking back to me, I couldn't have dealt with looking at finances in the very early days. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm sure a lot of people aren't either. You know, your head's swimming with lots of different things and finance is usually way, way down the list. So I'm quite kind of interested at what stage do you step in to help? Yeah. Um, yeah. And that's that's a very good question. Sorry. Just the other thing that I was about to say is one thing that our clients often do is they immediately cancel like anything joint, for example, joint life policies, critical illness cover, all that sort of stuff. And that is not always the best thing. Well, it's probably sometimes the worst thing to do because often that cover can be used to provide maintenance further down the line. If these policies were set up 10, 15, 20 years earlier, and then one of the parties has had, you know, some medical issues or anything like that, they might not be able to get cover again. So it can be used as, you know, maintenance protection and things like that. So it's it's always best to kind of seek that advice initially and up front to make sure that, you're not cancelling anything that you shouldn't be really. Um, but yes, very good question. So there's there's three, well, four main areas really in which we I would help a client. And it's all, it's probably split quite equally, really. So the first one is establishing the need. So I sit this is before finances are kind of almost really discussed. Um, and I ask the right questions to make the client understand what I need from them so I'm able to do my work. Now, when I say the need, it's establishing what they need from an income perspective, whether that be through maintenance or just to maintain their standard of living. And from a capital point of view, to make sure that they're able to you know, obviously buy a property or buy the other party out or whatever the case may be. Um, And then also a retirement um, income perspective as well. So then we run it through our visualize your future process. So then a client can basically see and they understand exactly what they need 
to be asking for, whether it be at mediation or through the negotiation stages. So they they know what they're fighting for almost or what they're asking for, whichever way around it is, rather than being kind of often quite like, I just have no idea. And I had a client the other day that said to me, you know, we're running this until these people pass away. And she said, I had no idea I had to think about that far in advance. You know, there's no point in just thinking, you know, two to five years. And of course, it's very, very difficult. You know, you're in this very kind of emotional state. And as I always say to clients, and you'll know, you guys will know this much better than I, from what you do but when you're going through divorce you're going through almost like a grieving stage and if anybody else was grieving or somebody was grieving you would say park making any big decisions until you're feeling stronger and better about yourself you know and in a stronger position whereas when you're going through divorce you're you're you know you're are you're been asked these questions that are probably the biggest financial decisions you'll ever make in your life and you're just thinking I just can't process that so we are very we hold a client's hands through that process but then the second stage is really then looking once um potential proposed settlements have been you know put out there whether it be through mediation or negotiation stages we then model all of these through our visualize your future process so a client can actually visually see exactly what they are being offered and whether that will suffice or whether it's not going to be enough for them to maintain their t- standard of living. If it's not, they can go back to the table or they can see how they need to adjust their future life in order to for that to be OK. But at least they then can make a fully inf- or have the confidence to make a fully informed decision, knowing what the future will look like with the dis- with that decision that they will make. And then the final part is looking at um, the financial settlement um, and processing any pension sharing orders or anything like that. And as I always you know, say to clients, it, you, once you get through divorce, that's not the end. This is the start of your new life. And it's really a case of making sure that we're structuring what you have so you're able to maintain the standard of living you want for the rest of your life. And it's really important people make that financial plan because Otherwise, you might get to 20 years down the line and think, oh, whoops, a daisy. I've, you know, spent my pension pot and um, didn't plan for it. And now I'm living off state pension or whatever the case may be. So, yeah, really, really important. Okay. What what is it that makes you get into it then and focus on on helping people specifically then through divorce and separation? So my parents are divorced, so I've kind of seen the um, emotional and the financial challenges that it has. Um, And I saw kind of the situation that my mum was in and things like that. And it was an extremely amicable, you know, situation. Um, But you just, as my mum says to me now, she said, I was just scared. She was like, I'd never dealt with the finances. I was just scared. And having somebody that can hold your hand through that, I think, is, is, is really, really important. But on the other side of it, what ended up happening was when I set up this business, I um female females were just kind of gravitating towards me and it was it was one of those not that I don't deal with men um at all but it's it's women were you know coming towards me and it was a situation and the majority of them were also going through divorce and I think females often want to deal with other women, especially when going through the, the divorce process, um, you know, because that they've got a bit more, you know, they, they resonate with them a little bit more. And I think um, so. And what ended up happening was I thought, well, 
actually there's so much need there. You know, there's a horrendous stat that came out on day of all days, divorce day, and that legal in general did a a research study and that 3% of people seek financial advice when going through divorce. But this is probably the biggest financial decision that people will make in their lives and so I'm kind of on this mission to you know encourage people to seek financial advice at every single stage really um but um and I think because there's such a need for it and that's why I've ended up specializing in that area because it's and it's educating people like solicitors and things like that about how we can actually help how a divorce specialist financial planner can help you know it's not just about helping them process the pension sharing order and things like that it's and structuring the settlement we can help much earlier on in in the process as well yeah brilliant your next day i've been asking loads of questions <laughs> That's okay, Tom. It's fascinating because I, I sit here when we have people like Lottie. I'm thinking, gosh, if only you were available when I when I needed you, you know, five and then then ten years ago. It is amazing the support that's out there now for people going through separation and divorce. And on on the back of that, you know, in your opinion, what do couples find the hardest to do? You know, we've talked about you know the grief and and the feelings, but in a financial money sense, what is the hardest? Well, I think I think on both sides, it's again coming back to this establishing the need, you know, two different parties could have very different needs, you know, Um, so establishing the need, but also how to split and structure that pot, because uh, you're basically taking a pot and one family life and going like that with it and splitting it in whichever way whether it be half 60 40 whatever the case may be and but that pot can only go so far and it's basically comes back to this if people are more amicable and just focusing on what each party needs rather than coming back to this you know what they're entitled to and this revenge sort of thing it makes it so much easier whereas um but but really that is the hardest part it's this financial settlement side of things and making sure that both parties are happy and both parties are able to maintain their standard of living you know as best possible after splitting that pot two ways basically and a little bit from what tom said about the smash and the grab but you know the resistance around some couples like you say when one person goes out to work and the other person whether that's female or male is to stay at home look after the ch- children's you know that's their job role is there a lot of resistance around who gets what when you get that sort of situation yes there is um I yes that there is and I think I if there are situations like that I the, those clients have always got solicitors and um and the mediator and do you know what I mean it's it's I'm working with those other professionals as a as a team really in order to establish the best route for for those clients um uh, but the more amicable cases, it's more, you know, they've they've almost agreed. Like I had a client last week and she said, look, we are splitting everything 50-50. Um, he was a consultant in the NHS. And obviously she she had, well, not obviously, but she had stayed at home and not worked. So um, and now all the pension is in his name and everything is going to be split 50-50. But they've come to that agreement already. And um which does make things obviously when it's amicable it does make things much much easier thank you for that so who's your kind of ideal 
client then or like if we had people that are kind of watching this that think oh, actually I, I could i could work with them because you mentioned before you do work with both men and women but you're also able to work with both parties are you both sides Yes, it depends at what, at what process they're going through themselves. Obviously, you know, if they're going through collaboration, collaborative law and things like that. But um, but I can work on a joint basis as well. And um, so looking and, and again, that would be at the kind of earlier stages of, of the divorce, looking at the joint part, how it's structured and potential ways of splitting it, potential tax implications of doing so and all that sort of thing. But generally the the clients that I deal the most with and I feel have received the most value from from my side of things are ladies probably between 50 to 60 who haven't who are and they just want somebody to hold their hand and just show them that things are going to be okay in a very very simple way on the other side um, and that's how um, I think I've shown you Tom before I'll kind of visualize your future process and it, it makes it very very simple and straightforward for clients to actually see you know in in a very you know graphical way rather than statements and jargon that to be honest quite frankly nobody understands and um, that it just makes it so much easier and so much more tangible you know um but so yes ladies who are you know whether they're be just about to go into the process and need to establish what they need or whether they're going through it or on the other side just want to make sure that they're going to be able to maintain the standard of living for the rest of their life um, I wanted to ask uh, probably a little bit around a myth because I don't know the answer. And I do get asked this a lot by clients and it is around pensions. A lot of clients will ask me, am I entitled to my husband's pension or my wife's pension? I wanted to ask you, you know, there is a myth around what well, you can't touch people's pensions. I just wanted to clear that up. Yeah, so that is a big myth. And I think one of the biggest things, I, I don't, yeah, the, one of the questions, one of the biggest things that a lot of clients will turned down is the pension now and and they a, a lot of what I see is this sort of offsetting and they the client wants to stay in the family home for short-term security um but then we'll say goodbye to you know any pension now some of these pensions are extremely valuable and yes there is you've got to again coming back to this need situation we need to look at what you need for your entire life um and yes you can split pensions on divorce there's numerous well there's three different ways in which you can essentially share pensions um but they are um yeah you can split pensions and it's very very advisable to look at every single asset whether it be investments houses you know pensions to make sure that it's going to be structured for both parties in in the best way possible so they can all get what they need as much as possible really or both get what they need you actually stole my last question Faye, and I'm not oh, I've got it written <laughs> on my notes right here which was what's the most common myth that you'd like to dispel <laughs> now I'm thinking now I'm thinking it's pensions <laughs> yeah no <laughs> Yeah, pensions are complex. They get even more complex on divorce. I have a nice, uh, I'll show you my, this is my Bible. And as you can see how thick it is. Yeah, it's, um, and that's for somebody that works in the industry day in, day out. So um, it's, um, yeah, it's it's one of those things. But I'd say the two biggest myths are um, 
I want to stay in the family home and say goodbye to the pension and then that's the best situation for me um and I I feel clients often want to do that because it's that kind of short they know how the house they don't want any upheaval over the shorter term um, and they don't understand the pensions but by seeking kind of expert advice they can actually see mm, hang on a sec maybe that's not the best thing for me because then I'm going to be stuck further down the line you know um, and not have the income that I need in retirement the other one is which we've already touched on as well um, is this entitlement versus need yeah. and that the prior a lot of people that as I always say to clients the priority number one is establishing what you need and trying to get that to you not rather than this kind of revenge I, I, this I want to know what I'm entitled to so I can you know get as much as I can really um so so yeah I'd say those are two biggest things I come across um from from a finance side of things about you know things to the myths really well I think you've literally answered everything and more that I was even thinking of asking so thanks for that yeah I kind of and I mean it's been so interesting for me as well because I always learn so much on when we have guests on and things and I, I kind of want to ask you Lottie do you help people with deciding on on maintenance payments and things like that or is that not in your remit to do that yeah so um so what I would do is once we've established so say for example um a client has an income they've you know potentially taken some time out of work and they they're going to be the main care for the children and what we can see is that they've got some income but actually whilst the children are at home they might need extra maintenance um they might be getting the child maintenance via you know the calculator the calculation that that kind of provides but they might you know there might be a need for kind of spousal maintenance now there's a big bit a big change and shift in views on how maintenance should be structured obviously spousal maintenance isn't kind of well isn't guaranteed so there's this sort of fluctuation of well it's dependent on the ex-spouse paying it um, and often people want the kind of clean break so it's making sure that you know that lump sum a lump sum would then provide that that income um, and I think it's um but what will what our process shows is a visual the visual picture and anything in red is basically shortfall so if there is a, a period of time say from you know when the children are between 12 and 18 of where there's some red and we can see the exact kind of shortfall and what that is then that's basically the defining factor on how much maintenance is required um and um and basically people can see right well actually that's that's what i need from a maintenance point of view however it is structured whether it be a lump sum or, or an income i receive but yes so in answer to your question yes we can establish exactly what but it comes back to the need situation thanks lottie i mean those are you've answered these questions brilliantly and usually me and tom will, will throw some hard ones and it's going back for what we need <laughs> when we were, were going through it and um, obviously our clients need as well because obviously as coaches we get asked a lot, lot of these questions and, and we're not experts in finances or the legal side and so it's great to have people like yourself to come on and just just give our listeners a little bit of advice and uh, on what to do really at this stage so it's been brilliant. What, what, what I would say is, and I think a lot of people don't seek advice because they are very scared of being judged. Now, as I say to every single client, I say, you know, there is no judgment at all. Why, why would you know this stuff if, if you've never dealt with it? But the biggest decision and the 
And the best decision they've made is by taking that step in order to seek advice. And that is that's the step on a journey. And it just makes it will make the rest of their journey so much so much more straightforward if they're um and, and the confidence that people get from it the transitional you know stages from somebody being quite meek and thinking I, I have no idea about this pension then thinking right well actually I know exactly what I'm asking for now it's that to me is the most rewarding part of what I do like the face just goes from like this to oh my goodness <laughs> so uh yeah no super super rewarding and obviously, we'll add it onto the end of the video and into the comments as well. It goes off into YouTube, but for anybody just listening, and how can people reach you? Lottie? What's the best way to, to, to find you and connect with you? Yeah, so I'm on um, I'm on Instagram, as you've already said, Tom, at Divorce Financial Planner, and my um, website, www.truefinancialdesign.co.uk. Um, you can um, book a discovery call on there but I'm always very open to um kind of somebody picking up the phone to me or dropping me an email um and uh, as I always say to people like I'm here is a, a friend I'm a, I'm a person you know I'm here to have a friendly chat you know so um if anybody has got any questions then I'm here to answer them no worries and then for any other viewers as well if you uh, didn't hear all of that or you didn't want to rewind it just contact me or Faye and we can put you in touch with Lottie as well and uh, send you all the contact details but uh, yeah pop that. thank you very much for joining us Lottie that was really really useful um, I had a couple of kind of bullet point questions I wanted to ask but like Faye said um, we always end up kind of just like going down the route don't we like we pull a thread and we're like oh what about this what about this what about this um so thanks that because you've just answered loads of <laughs> questions that i don't even guys one of us anticipated so that's really really useful uh, and i hope our viewers have found it interesting um as always for anyone watching this if you've got any thoughts comments uh, any topics or subtopics or anything you want to raise please put it in the comments or just email me and Faye. i'll contact you if they'll come up at the end of the video but apart from that thanks for watching Thanks for listening. Bye. Bye.